Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer Around God's Word. It's Friday, September 9th, 2022. Today is um, our name day. What? You say? Yes. Um, our country was known as the United Colonies, and then on this day, it was declared in 1776 that we should be called the United States of America. All right. So it's the name day. Uh, also, uh, well, yes, there's many more things that could be said about uh, things like monarchies and states and government, but uh, we'll spare you all of that. <laughs> Maybe another time. All right. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We say our memory verse for the week. These words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 7. Our psalm is Psalm 127. Of course, this connects again well with third and fourth commandment. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives, the, gives his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, third commandment. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. Fourth commandment. Honor your father and your mother. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise or anger our parents and other authorities, but honor them, serve and obey them, love and cherish them. All right. First reading today is from 1 Peter chapter 1. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God which lives and abides forever, because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking as newborn babes, Desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. 
love one another with a pure heart. All right, we're going to see that made manifest, um, the fruit of that, of faith, the faith in the true God, manifest in the life of Ruth as um, she has opportunity uh, to leave her mother-in-law, Naomi, uh, but instead stays with her. Ah, but we should read it first. All right, so we're going to read this in a couple chunks, uh, beginning and end of the book of Ruth. It's not, it's only four chapters long, so you uh, easily could read that here later today. I encourage you to read the whole chapter. We'll summarize parts of it, or the whole book, I should say. We'll summarize uh, three of the chapters. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Then Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. Now they took wives of the women of Moab. The name of one was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. Then both Malon and Chilion also died. So the woman survived her two sons and her husband. Then she arose, and her daughters-in-law, with her daughters-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab, For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Therefore she went out from the place where she was, and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each in the house of her husband. So she kissed them. And they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, Surely we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons, Would you wait for them until they were grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, Look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, "Entreat Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following you. For wherever you go, I will go, and wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. When you die, I will die, or where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened when they came to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. And the woman said, "Is the women said, is this Naomi? All right. So let's read, all right, talk about this section first, and then we'll read the rest for today. All right. So first, where did the story take, or when did the story take place? That's key. It's during the time of the judges. Remember, this comes, Joshua judges Ruth, first and second Samuel. So Ruth is that hinge point between the time of the judges and the time of the kings. What was happening in the land? There is a famine, and uh, notice what city is involved. Not coincidentally, Bethlehem. Hmm. Uh, Where does Elimelech go with his family? Well, with his sons and his wife, I should say. 
to Moab. Uh, Moab is an interesting place. Moab, if you remember, uh, well, maybe you don't, so let's go look. Um, this is one of the sons, or this is a son of Lot. So the, this is the land of of Lot, you know, Abram's brother-in-law, right? Brother-in-law, I think, yeah. The Lot went up to, um, to or out of Zorar and went excuse me, and dwelt in the mountains, and his two daughters were with him, for he was afraid to dwell in Zoar, and he and his two daughters dwelt in a cave. Now the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is no man left on earth to come in to us, as is the custom of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him. Hmm? The Bible is a little salacious, huh? That we may preserve the lineage of our father. So they made their father drink wine that night, and the firstborn went in and lay with her father, and he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. It happened the next day that the firstborn said to the younger, Indeed, I lay with my father last night. Let us make him drink wine tonight also, and you go in and lie with him, that we may preserve the lineage of our father. They made their father drink wine that night also, and the younger arose and lay with him, and he did not know when she lay down and when she arose. Thus both the daughters of Lot were by child by their father, the firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab. He is the father of the Moabites to this day. And the younger, all, she also bore a son and called his name Ben-Amin, or Ben-Ami. He is the father of the people of Ammon this day. All right. So both the Moabites and the Ammonites um, are these people that descended from the sons, uh, the incestuous sons of Lot. So there you go. Parts of the story that you don't usually hear about, right? Not in Sunday school. Uh, let's see. The names of Elimelech's wife and sons are, his wife is named Naomi, his sons are named Malon and Chilion, and then uh, his sons married two Moabite women, Orpah and Ruth. All right, now this is wrong. <laughs> this is against God's word, right? But God's even going to use their sin uh, for his benefit, right? Of course, as he always does. All right, so here... I think Deuteronomy, I think chapter 7. Let's go pull that up. Deuteronomy 7. Yes, when the Lord your God brings you into the land that which you go in to possess and has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you. And when the Lord your God delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. Key utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy to them. And here's the key. Nor shall you make marriages with them. You shall not give your daughter to their son, nor take their daughter for your son. For they will turn your sons away from following me. Again, key, to serve other gods. This is still true today, by the way. Um, don't let your kids marry non-believers, okay? I know you think it's just being charitable and generous, right? You work to convert them to faith before they marry Make that a condition before you give them their blessing, all right? And this is the reason why they will serve other gods, right? It's the same reason why um, don't neglect to teach your children the faith, um, because they will come back and they will, having served, now having served other gods, try to tear you away from the faith, right? Families are torn apart by unbelief. Uh, anyway, so the anger of the Lord will be aroused against you and, you and destroy you suddenly. But thus you shall deal with them. You shall destroy their altars, break down their sacred pillars, cut down their wooden images, and burn their carved images with fire. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God, right? So remain set apart. Okay, so a lot there. 
Uh, what happened to Naomi's husband and sons? Of course. They died in the land of Moab. Um, so, Naomi hears rumor that uh, there's bread again in Bethlehem. <laughs> That's kind of fun. Why? Because Bethlehem means house of bread. Ironically, they had to leave Bethlehem because there had no bread in its house. Right. So, once more, God is God the Lord is giving um, his people bread in Bethlehem. Bethlehem meaning bread, right? And Beit, home, house. Uh, of course, the sons had died, and her husband had died, right? So she is without household. So go back to the land of her of her um, of her fathers, right? Um, but she encourages the daughters-in-law, so Orpah and Ruth, to go back to their mother's house, which is interesting. We have this mother-father thing going on here too. And what was their response? They both said initially that they would go and um, be with her and her people. All right, that's the initial response. Um, right here in verse 10, right? But then Naomi entreats them further, says that she had no sons to offer them as husbands and did not want to restrain them from having husbands. And remember, um, in this culture at this time, no husband means um, no no means to provide for oneself, no protection, you know, and the like. There's no, there's no possibility of um, uh, being a single woman without falling into all sorts of disrepute. Okay. Uh, why does Orp or to what did Orpah return? Verse fifteen. Yep, she went back to her people and to her gods, and there's the key to her gods, right? Because then we hear what Ruth has to say, right? And the real reason why Ruth stays is here in sixteen and seventeen. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. It's not only her faithfulness. Fourth commandment: honor your father and your mother, including your mother-in-law in this case, right? Um, but it's also she believes that word, right? She has faith in the God of Israel. Your God, my God, right? That's the key there. Okay, now we're going to have to summarize two and three. Um, we'll do it very quickly. So, um, the Lord provides for Naomi and Ruth in Bethlehem um, to follow the reapers in the barley field and glean the grain in the fields, and of a na- namely of the fields of Boaz, right? Boaz is a kinsman of Naomi's husband, so some kind of relative to um, Elimelech. And also Boaz is a man of great wealth, uh, presumably by harvesting and baking, right? House of bread. Boaz extends aid to Ruth um, by allowing her to remain in the field. She even, he even instructs um, his workers to, to leave grain behind for her and not to touch her. And when she's thirsty, to give her water to drink as well. So there's already this indication that Boaz... Um, at least has mercy on her, right? This amazes Ruth because uh, she's a foreigner, right? And so they're, it's it's not even exactly a race thing. It's it's just, you're, they're not part of the tribe, right? And so, um, and yet he finds, fa- she finds favor and grace in Boaz's eyes. Um, Boaz says regarding his care for uh, both Ruth and Naomi, especially Naomi, um, that the Lord would repay uh, actually, he says this to to Ruth regarding Naomi, that the Lord would repay her for her faithfulness, for her work, and the full reward would come from the Lord God of Israel, um, who now was her protection, her refuge, and strength. Right? This is all connected to the fourth commandment because, again, God attaches a promise. Um, this question came up in the chat yesterday. He attaches a promise to those who love and honor their father and mother. Um, and again, I don't know why it was dropped in the catechism. Somebody can perhaps answer this. That that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. 
And then uh, Boaz offers Ruth, um, invites her to come and eat of his bread and dip her bread in the vinegar. And of course she eats and is satisfied. So this all happens. Um, And and again, he instructs his workers to um, leave grain behind for her. All right, that's chapter two. Um, Then Naomi uh, starts to conspire with Ruth, not not in an entirely negative sense, just a, um, you know, what did they call it? What did the teacher call it this morning? The feminine charms, right? <laughs> Ruth needs the security of a husband, uh, not only for her protection and for her well-being, uh, but also for her lineage, right? And so uh, she she's she's kind of figured out that Boaz has eyes for her, so um, he sends Ruth uh, to Boaz at the threshing floor, right? And um, she, of course, prepares herself, right? All this feminine stuff, right? So she washes and anoints herself, puts on her best garment. Um, this is also a beautiful picture of, this is all a picture of Christ and his church, really. Boaz being the Christ figure and uh, Ruth being the foreigner who's brought in, um, which is a picture of the church, right? She is dressed as the virgin bride of Christ is dressed in the in the robes of Christ to meet her bridegroom on the last day. Um. So she goes to Boaz after he had finished eating and drinking, and she places herself at his feet. All right. um, that's perhaps a euphemism, but I don't know that we need to make too much of that. Um, but she um, submits herself to him, right? offers herself to him, in a sense, um, and treats him to marriage. Uh, but of course, the feet, and again, if she's a picture of, of the church and Boaz a picture of Christ, his feet are the feet that proclaim the gospel, um, our Redeemer. And also, of course, the feet of Jesus um, are that which crushes the serpent's head. Think Genesis 3.15. All right. That's all chapter 2 and 3. Now chapter 4, Boaz went up to the gate and sat down there, and behold, the close relative of whom Boaz had spoken came by. Right. So Boaz said, there's this matter of property rights, which we haven't talked about, but um, you must, you know, the property of in this case, it would have been of um, Elimelech. Um, there needs to be a claim made on that property, and it, and it has to do with uh, family and lineage. All right. And he took 10 men of the elders of the city and said, um, sit down here. So they sat down. And then he said to the close relative, Naomi, who came back from the country of Moab, sold the piece of land which belonged to our brother Elimelech. And I thought to inform you, saying, buy it back to the presence of the inhabitant, in the presence of the inhabitants and the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. And if you will not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is no one but you to redeem it, and I am next after you. And he said, I will redeem it. Then Boaz said, on the day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you must also buy it from Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance. Very clever, Boaz. And the close relative said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I ruin my own inheritance. You redeem my right of redemption for yourself, for I cannot redeem it. Clever. Now, this was the custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging to confirm anything. One man took off his sandal and gave it to the other, and this was a confirmation in Israel. Therefore, the close relative said to Boaz, buy it for yourself. So he took off his sandal. And Boaz said to the elders of all the, and all the people, You are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's, and all that was Chilean's and Malon's, from the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the widow of Malon, I have acquired as my wife, to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance. 
that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brethren and his position at the gate. You are witnesses this day. All right, so beautiful uh, word there, which we see a couple of times, which is redeemed, redeem, 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 right? Um, of course, that's a beautiful word. And it's a word that's quite important to us as Christians. All right. So, um, but of course, the matter of redemption is interesting, right? How is Ruth redeemed? So there's this nearer kinsman. So there's kind of an order of uh, lineage attached here. Um, Boaz spoke to him. Boaz took off his sandal, gave it to the man to buy the inhi- back the inheritance of Elimelech and acquire Ruth as his wife. Right. So there's a way of transferring property to one who wants it. Right. Even if it isn't, he isn't next in line. All right. Um, this means that Boaz becomes the kinsman redeemer. Kinsman redeemer. Right. And uh, this is in Leviticus 25, but uh, and also Numbers 35, uh, and that's in two different contexts. One, one in regards to slavery. One in the in terms of the death or the killing of a relative. Right. Uh, but this is how it works. The nearest male relative is responsible for protecting the needy members of the family. He would redeem them from the difficult situations by paying a price which they could not pay on their own to reestablish their inheritance. So if they're in slavery, he would purchase their freedom. If they um, had killed the relative, or if they if they had been killed to avenge that, they pay the price. This included providing an heir for a brother who had died, redeeming land a poor relative had sold outside the family, or redeeming a relative sold into slavery, and avenging the killing of a relative. All right, so the death of a, a killing of a relative, a relative sold into slavery, relative who had sold his, their land outside the family, and when the heir of a brother has died. They can be redeemed by a near kinsman, male, nearest kinsman, male, redeem, uh, male relative. All right. Uh, male, and that's key too, right? It's because who is our kinsman redeemer? Who's the ultimate kinsman redeemer? That's Jesus, right? The only begotten son of God. And how was Ruth blessed um, then for honoring her mother-in-law? This will come later in chapter four, but maybe you know. She becomes the great-grandmother of David, right? The great-grandmother. And this is significant because, like you said, the uh, Moab, that whole nation, that whole tribe or, or nation, uh, was under the curse of God because of the illegitimacy of uh, Moab, right? Being born to the uh, elder daughter of Lot through incestuous relation. Um, and yet, but this Moabitess was given full inheritance in this land. All right. Now, of course, this is a lovely picture for us, right? Because the Gentiles would be included in salvation won by a kinsman redeemer in the same way. All right. We see a similar kind of. Uh, well, with actually with a number of the women in Jesus's genealogy, we have Tamar, um, again another incestuous relationship. We have um, Ruth here. We also have um, uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, in Jer- uh, Jericho. Oh no, I just forgot it. Tamar, Hagar? No, not Hagar. That would be in, not the one I'm thinking. What's her name? Who let down um, and put the the red ribbon in the the red cloth? I just lost it in the family tree. Um, you can see these. Matthew is the one who really draws emphasis to the uh, really the scandal of of God bringing in these uh, women who are not uh, really legitimately should be legitimately part of Jesus' family tree, but become so by marriage. Uh, so Matthew one. Uh, let's see here. So there's Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. 
Oh, there it is. Rahab. Right. Oh, I forgot that Rahab was the mother of Boaz. <laughs> Gosh. Right? So we have Bo- Rahab is Boaz's mother. Uh, then we have Ruth right away, um, who begot Obed, right? Obed, Jesse, Jesse, David. Um, let's see. Oh, the other that I'm trying to think of is the wife of Uriah, right? Which is Bathsheba, another um, un- another pagan who's brought into the family lineage of Jesus, right? And these are scandalous, really, to the history of Israel. Tamar, um, Rahab, Ruth, and then um, Bathsheba, right? But what a beautiful picture of God, well, bringing the Gentiles into his own lineage. Yeah. Okay. So Naomi advised Ruth to return to her father's home, but Ruth honored Naomi because Ruth trusted in the God of Israel. Ruth's husband had been given to her by God, and with that, she had received a mother-in-law. Fourth commandment. Now, she would trust God to provide for them and restore an inheritance to them. Even though she was not a child, she submitted willingly to the directions of Naomi. We are to remember that the fourth commandment is one is the one with the promise that those who keep it will live long on the earth. This is the promise of all earthly benefits that one needs for life. Faithful Ruth was blessed with an inheritance of food, was redeemed by the kinsman redeemer, and even became an ancestor of Christ. This Gentile from the accursed tribe of Moab was chosen by grace, or by the grace of God, and included among the house of Israel. Right? So, God's word, faith, uh, and then brought into the household of faith, and actually preserved, and then part of Jesus' own lineage. This is all the promise of God for those um, who receive his word and hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. Let's sing our hymn for the week. Speaking of house. Oh, bless this house, or bless the house. And joy the parents dwell, 
and in their children's lives is shown how richly God can bless his own. Then here will I hand mine today the promise make and say though all the world forsake his word I and my house will serve the Lord. All right, very good. Let us pray. Let's just continue with the collect for this week, given time. Almighty and merciful God, by your gift alone, your faithful people render true and laudable service. Help us steadfastly to live in this life according to your promises and finally attain your heavenly glory. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray today for the preaching of the Holy Cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, for its spread throughout the whole world, for the persecuted and for the sick and dying. Let us pray to the Lord, Lord of mercy. Today we pray in Thanksgiving with Dan, who celebrates his baptism. We pray for the households of our church, especially Kelsey, Chris, Renata, Katrina, Garrett, and Brandon. We pray in Thanksgiving with uh, Matt and Maureen, who've been welcomed into our uh, into Communicate membership here. We pray for our catechumens, um, those newly enrolled in our day school and after school. We pray for those ill, receiving treatment and recovering, especially Marcella, Joe, Kelsey, Dan, Brad, Ron, Betty, and Heidi, Bev, Willis, Ed, Mickey, Paul, and Pauline, our Mission of the Month, Anchor, Hope, Anchor of Hope of Sheboygan, and we ask the Lord to give us victory over the world. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right. So it's been a joy to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer. We come to you each day, Monday through Friday, usually Saturdays as well. And we pray together um, from God's Word. We confess our faith. We hear uh, and sing hymns and psalms and spiritual songs. Uh, and of course, we study God's Word. So, uh, you can see us again uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll prepare for Sunday's um, festivities, if you like. It's uh, the 13th Sunday after Trinity, um, the Sunday of the Good Samaritan. And also we have the joy of um, reinstalling our teachers. And also, let's see what else. It's the picnic Sunday. So after church, we'll have our annual church picnic over at the gym and outside and whatnot. Hopefully weather's great. Looks like it will be. Um, let's see. And also, uh, we have a special presentation after church on Sunday, which is the uh, our, our 
full accreditation from NLSA, National Lutheran Schools Association. So uh, what a great joy. And we want to thank God for all the work uh, and effort that was put into that uh, to accomplish that every three or four years, I guess, right? So um, yeah, it'd be good to prepare for that service. So we'll be all ready to go. You know the story of the prodigal son quite well. So maybe the other stories and the other readings need uh, some attention, right? All right. So God be with you all. Keep you safe. Uh, Hope to see you later, maybe even for lunch. Goodbye. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.